I don't mean to just place it on you. I'll lift the maybe lifting the mic up. Fuck, I don't know. No, no, know. no. Just leave it like that. Put we'll this see. on my head. We'll see what happens. Oh my god, I gotta take a picture of that. Hold on, where's my phone? <laughs> <laughs> you take enough pictures of me. I know. Here, so I know I'm a shutter bug. No, and that is totally okay. That one's even better than the first one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I've got like the thing in the the down here. Oh yeah. So it's like. <laughs> Yeah, that sock one. When I, I I was outside letting the dogs out, I looked down and I went, gotta take a picture of that. <laughs> and send it to oh, Shenzel. that was so funny. <laughs> it was perfect. That's what I, yeah. I just, I didn't care if you posted it, but. Thank you, because I wanted to so bad. <laughs> because I can come up with really witty shit. And yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, I have the best caption for this. Yeah. And I'm going to post it on my Instagram and I'm going to caption it, follow Diana for more fashion tips. <laughs> Did I, you? No, I'm going to. Oh, okay. I actually meant to yesterday when I was so fucking busy that I had it going and I put it down and then it got lost and like separated from Instagram. Okay. And then I forgot about it like until this moment. Okay. Yeah, you should do it. I think it's funny. It's fucking hilarious. And I did it too because I told you it drives me nuts when people do that. Socks with the... I know. Right? Yeah. So and I, toe socks. Yeah. I fucking... I can't handle I'm gonna, it. So. I'm going to come over to your house in toe socks one day and just be like, Diana, look. I'm going to rip them off your feet. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> Get over here, grab my foot. I won't even. I'll just like do it. And you're just going to be like, oh, oh shit. Falling um, down. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't tickle my foot. No. Uh, do not. Unless you fight me and all of a sudden I have to touch the bottom of your feet. So don't fight me. Just sit there and let me do it. Just, just let like, it okay, happen. Just let it happen. Just like, okay, fine, take him off. Just let it happen because I can't promise you anything if you fight me. But yeah, so... It, it drives me nuts, but like I was letting the dogs out, and she has a tendency to want to go where the yeah, the gate is. Or yeah, the fencing. So I was like, "Fuck!" And I don't want to take my socks off, so I just slipped my shoes like them in, and then I looked down, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Taking a picture. Yeah, <laughs> and I love how you're wearing two different socks too. Oh yeah. So I'm like, yes. Yeah. Because you know, me with my socks, they never match. No. So I'm like, oh yes. I stopped matching them years ago. I just don't give a fuck Life's anymore. Life's too short. I don't give a shit anymore. You know what's weird though? Mm. I don't care with me, don't care with anyone else. But when Cecily Mitch matches her socks, it drives me nuts. <laughs> it used to with Josh, and he used to do it all the time. And then eventually, I was like, I gotta be more like Josh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I went, fuck it. Honestly, I literally was sitting there because I, I was fighting him on it so many times. And then I went, oh, I gotta be more like Josh. And then I just stopped giving a shit. <laughs> That's hilarious. I love that. I think the reason it drives me nuts with Cecily is because I know that other ones are, like, missing. They're missing. Yeah, they're okay. in the great blue yonder somewhere. And I don't know where. They're in another realm of our existence. And they're floating around laughing at me. Well, okay, so I've heard this, and I, I truly believe this is true. When a sock goes missing, it comes back as a Tupperware lid that doesn't match. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. And I agree. <laughs> I honestly believe that is what's happening. If there's one thing in this world we believe. It's that. That's the Socks. sock gnomes. Take a sock away. Giggle when they're doing it. Rub their hands. <laughs> and then they throw this random Tupperware lid somewhere in your cupboard. Just fling it in like a fucking Frisbee. Fling it in there and you're like, oh... Well, what do you what do you do with this? Mm -hmm. Just save it until I. You know, I'm sure everyone is guilty of it. You save it because I'm gonna find the bottom. Oh yeah, of it. oh yeah, or the bottom, and you never have a top vice versa. Yep. Same thing. Yep. Oh yeah, we all do it. You fucking save it because you're like, oh, I'm gonna find it eventually, and it just never fucking happens. Never happens. No, nope. no. I actually like. Oh, Tupperware is a sore spot with me <clears throat> when I was single and uh, living in that basement suite. 
okay, fast forward a bit. Remember when I lived with you here, <laughs> you, and um, I went to Superstore that one day, and they had that glass Tupperware on for like a oh, fucking right. killer deal. Yes. It was a huge set for like 20 bucks. Oh, I know. I got, you well, got two. Two of them, yeah. Two, and I bought myself one. Yeah. I took such good care of those containers, Diana. Mm-hmm. And so my containers were such a big deal to me when I was single in that basement suite. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen my Tupperware drawer, but it was something to marvel. <laughs> I'm serious. And I didn't have a single margarine container like I do now. I'm becoming my father. Okay. I have nothing but fucking margarine containers Don't and be stuff. Brian. Don't be Brian. I am becoming Brian. <gasps> Be I told Jamie the other day I, I was holding like five different empty margarine containers I took out of the dishwasher and I'm like I'm becoming my fucking father and he <laughs> laughed and he could see the desperation on my face make it stop <laughs> anyways my Tupperware drawer was a sight to behold when I was single hmm. I didn't lose a single thing hmm. uh, like container I, I don't think I broke one I'm pretty sure I didn't break any of them those are pretty thick and they're really it, thick like yeah. there were, it's like you'd have to purposely smash it yeah to break, to break one it of those, those things were thick they were strong yeah Arm for sure yeah. and i drop everything you do and i know i had dropped them in the staff room at the airport i know i did yeah. and i knew i dropped them at home in my kitchen but they wouldn't break on those no, floors that's why i'm saying yeah. you have to purposely try and break those things because yeah. they are fucking strong totally and be on yeah. like asphalt or pavement something pavement. really it would hard. have to be like concrete not asphalt it would have to be concrete concrete okay asphalt okay. is like it's still pliable like it's soft that's like, fair right? yeah it might not concrete, actually break it not yeah no give no concrete yeah. would be like all right so you'd have to throw it down and then smash it with a sledgehammer <laughs> and it might break yeah they're pretty strong yeah so yeah i don't think i broke a single one but anyways i took good care of them and stuff didn't lose any of them and all that. You know, like, they went to work with me to the airport. They came home with me. Yep. Went the dishwasher back very strategically in my drawer. Well, my spouse and I, whom I love so, so much with all of my heart, mm-hmm. moved yep. in. And mm-hmm. slowly, one by one, those containers started to disappear. Yeah, I have no idea where all mine are. No idea. It drives me nuts. <laughs> to this day, it's a sore spot with me where yeah. it's like, what happened to all of my fucking so- containers? So this is what you should do. You should have a drawer with the butter containers for him. Mm-hmm. And then you should have your drawer. And if he fucking touches them, you smack him. You know? Like, don't touch. I'm not touch. I'm willing to go to, like, cat, like, cap, how do you say that? That uh, capital cap- punishment? Yeah. I cut his fingers off. Yeah, guess, <laughs> fucking yeah. touches my containers. Yeah. Seriously. You should literally have two drawers. And then this way, if he loses the his. whatever, who cares? Yeah, I have no idea where all mine are. I had two boxes of them. And no there's idea. there's no excuse there's no excuse. It's mm-hmm. like, where are they all going? Nope. What happened to my containers? I'm sure we'll find them where the socks are. The Probably, yeah, socks. they'll be hanging out together. Totally. The yeah. socks and the Tupperware lids mm-hmm. and the missing glass Tupperware. 100%. Yeah, they'll all be having a party. They're in that universe. Yep. <laughs> it's a universe of all the missing items. Universe of just <laughs> mismatched chaos. <laughs> Fuck. Totally. I wonder what kind of nose this could even be. It looks like a, a deer nose, but he was lying, so now he's Pinocchio. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> what have you been lying about, Chantal? <laughs> well, do you have time? Yep, I do. <laughs> I got Are you done? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah no, okay, no. good. I was just like, every time you moved, I would take a different picture. You look tired. Oh, no. Just listening. You were like... You just looked like you were about to pass up. Oh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> okay. Could also be because I just, you know, had a few good pulls. Mm. Could be that, too. Just, no, I'm not tired. I forgot about but that. But I do feel toasted. 
Yeah, okay, that's so, probably what it is. That's probably what it is. I forgot about I can that. see it in my eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I was like, are you falling asleep? <laughs> I, can, I can see it in my eyes, yeah. They're just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. Welcome back for episode 16. Hello. That's Chantel. And this is Diana. Hope everyone had a great week. Mine has been bananas busy. I've been working like 12-hour days. It's been nuts. Mm-hmm. And by the time I'm done my last appointment, I'm in bed. Even if it's 7.30, 8 o'clock, I'm like in bed and passing out shortly after. So yeah, it's just been a fucking crazy week. And you too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry, I was just waiting for you to finish. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say more and then I was like, I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was all I had to say about that. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Yeah, my week has been so busy too. Like I can't believe tomorrow's Friday. It's yeah. nuts. Yeah. Like, where did this week even go? I've been so busy at work. And I, if, I feel like every day is just a blur because ooh, Jamie and I both work full time. Yeah. Get off work, go pick up uh, Felicity and then pick up Cecily. Mm-hmm. We go home. By the time I get home, it's after five. Yep. And I usually have podcast stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Before I know it, it's 7.30. Mm-hmm. Before I know it, Cecily has to get ready for bed and Jamie and I are winding down. Or I'm trying to. Yeah. He is. I'm not. I'm trying to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and then it's like, okay, go to sleep, wake up, do it all over again. Yep. It just feels like a blur. Yeah. And I'm not used to working these hours either. No, you were, you had like crazy fucking hours when you did work. You had like bizarre. Bizarre hours, but yeah. they also worked really well for my lifestyle. Totally. But because I was off work so early. Oh, of course. But it sucked because you had to be at work so early that mm-hmm. you couldn't do anything you know, yeah, like, night it, yeah, exactly. So yeah. like anytime there were, you know, we had dinners and shit like that. You're like, I gotta be home at like eight. <laughs> yeah. So that part sucked. That part totally blowed for yeah, sure. Yeah. It fucking sucked. And yeah, I couldn't believe you were up at like what? Four. Did I say blown? I meant blue. Blue. Blowed. <laughs> she said blowed. Sorry. My brain was stuck on that. I'm, my brain's like, you said something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> yep. I do that all the time. I'll say something and I'm like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> yeah. I know that wasn't right. We all do it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. What were you saying? I don't know. Oh, fuck. I'm uh, sorry. Oh, it's not your fault. Oh, I think, oh, I think I was saying that you used to be up at like three or four in the morning. Oh, God, no. I would start at four. Oh, shit. Okay. Started so you were up at, at like four. three, two thirty-three. Two, th- yeah. If I was, when I started at four, I was usually up by about two thirty. And then remember, even when I lived here, and then if a, a, a couple, oh my god, kafuffle, kafuffle, and then a kafuffle, <laughs> and then a couple times after. Yep, it was a kafuffle. <laughs> oh, I think my mouth is broken. Oh, it's okay. Mine is usually. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like you're rubbing off on me. Shut up! It's all you. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> Take responsibility. It's the wine. Sure. Fine. Blame the wine. Don't blame me. Take responsibility <laughs> for your kafuffles. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so a couple times I was forced into those 3.30 a.m. Sh- uh, shift starts. Mm-hmm. So then I was up, and especially living over here on the west side. Oh, yeah, because it took you longer. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it took even longer to get to work. So I was up by like 1.45, mm-hmm. maybe even like 1.40. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Five I, was, I was. What's that? Five minute difference. Okay. <laughs> it honestly though, it made a world of difference. Oh, totally, yeah. it does. When it you're made, fucking exhausted and you have to get up. World of difference. Yeah. yeah. That's why I have twenty alarms in the morning. Actually, Sierra posted the, 
posted this thing yesterday, I think it was, and it was like, oh shit, I gotta look it up, but it was a meme about, you know, my boyfriend sets 10 alarms in the morning to wake up, what would you do? And then everyone was commenting, I'd, I'd dump him, I'd decide that, I'm like, I'm that person. <laughs> And then it wasn't just me and a bunch of other girls were posting. That's me. I'm totally that person. Josh yeah. is too. It's funny when I hear his alarms going off because it's the same in my room. I need 20, not 20, but like 10 <laughs> alarms every That's morning. That's still a lot. It's a lot, That's but a I've lot. been like that forever. Like I need it. I don't know why but that's how my brain operates it's like okay well that alarm went off there's nine more so you can just stay in bed for another you know 20 minutes <laughs> well that's just it it's like 20 minutes in the lot in the grand scheme of things totally and and yeah it's like just set yourself one alarm and then you have to get up no but i can't because if i set that one alarm i have done that before and my brain is just used to having multiple alarms so if i set one my brain is automatically thinking, oh, there's going to be another one. And then there isn't. And then I'm fucked. So I've been doing this since I was a teenager. It's not new. <laughs> no, I know. And it is how I've always been. I don't know. I just need. And sometimes they're like literally, you know, two minutes apart. Sometimes they're five minutes apart. Sometimes they're 15 minutes apart, depending on what's happening, how early I have to get up. But I am that person. If someone has a problem with that, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> But Josh is like that too. It, and it, like I said, sometimes I'm in my office and I, you know, if I can't sleep or whatever, I come down here and then I hear his alarms going off and then he's like yelling at them to stop, like Google, <laughs> shut up. But yeah, he's, he's a complete same. I'm not saying it's genetic, but it might be. <laughs> <laughs> that little rant. That was beautiful. There you go. I, I loved that. That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> Perfectly executed. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I try. <laughs> I'm not saying it's genetic, but it might be. It might be. So tomorrow's our staff barbecue, and uh, it's going to be super fun. Mm -hmm. We're really excited about it. Mm -hmm. I had a hand in putting it together. Is it indoors? Well, I think it's going to be pretty much outdoor, I think. Weather, weather permitting. Rain. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it was... Did you see that rain? Like, oh, yeah. Holy crap. It was pouring on my way here. Yeah, okay, because I had my window <clears> closed, <throat> and I was like, what is that noise? And I went, oh, my God, it's raining. So I opened the window, and I was like... Oh. Like, mm -hmm. it was nuts. Yeah, it was anyway. crazy. Okay. Yeah. So what it, what happens if it rains? Is it going to go indoors or... Yeah, I, I'm assuming so. But we also do have some of those pop-up tent type things. Right, okay. So we might put those up as well. So okay. we'll just see how the weather is. Hopefully it behaves for us. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. Nice. Looking forward to it. Some elders are coming to do some performing. Oh my God, can you record that? Yeah, like, sure. Uh, if they allow it, I mean. Yeah, for sure. I love seeing that. Yeah, definitely. It's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have an elder come and do drumming. And his wife, she is uh, going to be there as well. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if she's going to be drumming as well. But either way, mm -hmm. that and then uh, there's going to be some other stuff. I think somebody's going to be fiddling. It'll be good fun. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to get myself a bit dolled up for it. Ooh. I'm going to get up early, like 530. Go have a mm -hmm. shower, do my hair. Yeah. Do my makeup. That'd be nice. Yeah. So is it a full day of it? No. Well, it's going to start pretty early for us because I'm going to help from like ground zero. Oh, because you're setting, you're helping set up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically it's going to be the full day for you, like setting up and shit. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then with tear down and cleaning up and stuff, yeah, I'm yeah. sure I'll be there for, if not a full day, close to a full day Okay. type of thing. I may have like a couple hours after we're done mm -hmm. to go back to the office and do something. Mm-hmm. Also, it, it's not going to be, because I haven't been to your office yet, it's not going to be, like, at your office? Like, mm -mm. okay. It's going to be up. 
It's just like another center that works within the. So it's uh, like a, they do. They have parent stuff there, stuff for kids. They do cultural stuff there. Anyways, that's it about the barbecue. Tomorrow's actually going to be my least busy day all week. Yeah. Every day this week, I have been like my meetings have started around eight, eight thirty in the morning, and then my meetings end around eight, nine o'clock at night. So they have been super long days. So tomorrow is the first day in the last week and a half where I am not going to be crazy busy. Like I have stuff to do, but I don't have meeting after me. It, it literally, it was like zoom meeting done. I fill up my water cause I'm talking so much. I'm, I'm sucking back so much yeah, water you're so dry. and I'm right back at my desk. Boom. So it's been meeting after meeting. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow's the first day where I don't have that. And I did it on purpose cause I was like, I need some kind of break Yeah. <laughs> because then Saturday I have five meetings one after the other. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily work every Saturday or like every weekend I should say but some families just can't and I get it their spouse works during the day and then they get home at like six seven in the evening rather meet with them when they aren't half asleep yeah comatose <laughs> so yeah and this week I had enough people ask me if I could work the weekend I was like yeah sure no problem Let, let's do that because then I will have your full attention I'm actually looking forward to tomorrow I won't have a crazy busy day good I'm glad you're gonna have a day of some <sighs> That's exactly what it's going to be. Nice. That's good. Uh-huh. You need that. We all do. Definitely. As I say that, I'm going to be working seven days this week, so. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going to be busy this weekend, too. Yep. Very. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But you're going to make moolah. Yeah, I'm going to make good money. Money, 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 money. Pretty much. Yeah. Good money. money. Yep. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. I'll just be so fucking tired when I get home Sunday and be like, oh, my God. It's work tomorrow because I'm not privileged enough to have the day off because the queen kicked the fucking bucket. I wish I could have the day off and be paid. Are we going to talk about that? I don't know if I want to. It just... A part of me wants to, but I know, it's me like, too, it's a, yeah, it's, it's it makes just, me so fucking mad. Me too. And it's just going to be a way longer discussion than I think we have time for. But anyways, most provinces have opted out of making it a holiday. Yeah which I'm happy to see, actually. Me too. Like, I was actually surprised. How about that? I was too, actually. Yeah, so a lot of provinces are like, we'll have the morning day mm -hmm. on Monday, but that's it. We don't even need that. The people that are mourning her, again, we're going to get into this. They don't know her. They never met her. She never did anything for them. It's just like she was a, a figure that everyone knew about, and all of a sudden they're sad. Why? Yeah. <laughs> She's idolized because she was royalty. She was royalty, and that that's that so people aren't going to be on monday people aren't going to be mourning her they're going to be fucking out doing their shit no one's going to be going queen elizabeth <laughs> <laughs> all day wiping their fucking tears no one's going to do that these chicks on a speedboat and dudes you know snorting a line of coke yeah oh hey, it's the queen in the name of the queen <laughs> I am going to do this bump. I'm on, yeah, I'm going to do this bump on my boat. <laughs> the queen. This is for you, Queenie. Yeah, exactly. Blasphemy. Yeah. Blasphemy. No one is going to fucking be mourning her. I it's know. It's just like the dumbest thing. So it I was the dumbest thing. quite happy to see that most provinces were like, this is a fucking load of shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a pub, like a holiday in our province. Yeah. And I, I was actually quite proud of those Me too. people that made that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I was like, yeah, fucking right. right? And then, yeah, for the people who have suffered under the reign of colonialism yep. and genocide from royalty, mm -hmm. which she had a physical hand in. Yep. 
that says a lot for all the people who have had to deal with that. That's a win. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So yeah, I, w- I was quite happy to see that uh, most provinces were like, this is a load of shit. Yeah. I think totally. all provinces. No, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's all provinces. It's but complicated. Each province is doing it differently. Totally. It's fucking complicated. But I was keeping up with it. Like when yeah, it came out. I couldn't keep up with it. I was like, I'm lost. Yeah, I was keeping up with it because it came out and then all of a sudden each province was going, well, this is what we're doing. Well, this is what we're doing. And yeah. most of them were like, without saying this is a load of shit. They were like, this is a load of shit. We will mourn the day, but yeah. it's not going to be a fucking public ho- like or whatever holiday for yeah. infinity and beyond. Provincial holiday, yeah. They're not going to Buzz Lightyear the shit out of that. You remember Buzz Lightyear, right? Of course! Okay, just making sure. I am pushing <laughs> Gen Z out of the fucking way of the movie theaters True. for toys, for um, what's it called? Toy, uh, Toy Story. Toy Story, I was going to say Toys R Us. <laughs> Toy well, Story. See? Toy Story. I keep wanting to say Toys R Us. I will be pushing them out of the way because that shit, I grew up with that shit. Well, Josh did too. I mean, I love, I love all those movies. Oh, they're so good. So I had, I got Josh a Buzz Lightyear that actually can work as an alarm. Nice. (laughs) So it actually had a beam. So if you walked by him, he'd alert Josh. That's awesome. (laughs) Whatever. I can't even remember what he said, but he was great. And I, I got that for Josh and he was like over the moon when I got it for him. It was like the best thing. That's awesome. I showed him how to set up the alarm. (laughs) So if anyone walked by it and he absolutely loved it. And he was Buzz Lightyear for for Halloween one year. Nice. I have pictures of it because he was so adorable. And I made him a Buzz Lightyear birthday cake. Nice. I made a Bob Bob the Builder birthday cake too, actually. Oh really? Yeah, before that. It was great. Oh my God, it turned out so good. Like a lot of people thought I bought it. Yeah. I will show you. Yeah, I want to see pictures of it. I worked on it so hard. Like, it took me two days because, like, I had to bake it and kind of let it cool off, whatever, and then uh, piped it. The whole thing. Yeah. I will show you. I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, totally. I want to see it. I will. I will show you. But anyways, yeah. So, wow, I'm scrolling so hard right now. You know, it wasn't, just to say about Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. It wasn't until... I would say my mid to late twenties that I found out that it's actually Buzz Lightyear. I always thought it was Buzz Lightyear. Oh. Yep. Well, I mean, I had no fucking clue. Yeah, that's okay. It was Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that sounds like a tire. <laughs> that sounds like a tire. That's so funny. A tire ad. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> it totally does. Sounds like a fucking tire ad. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yep. Yeah. That is some funny shit. Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> but yeah, the Queen, honestly. Whatevs. I'm just gonna say it like who fucking cares? Thank you. I mean, unless you were her family and everything. And not only the, just the shit of not only colonialism and genocide, which did not take place out long ago. There were people from our parents' generation who were raised under a colonial society and they hated it and they mm-hmm. resented it mm-hmm. and they were forced to assimilate with, you know, the royal, with British, with European people. Yeah. This was not that long ago. Yeah. And the fact that people are ignoring this is just like, fuck you. Check your privilege. I told, I, I think I, well, I think I said it to you. I said it to a number of people this week, but it's funny how all of a sudden everyone gives a shit. Not everyone. Sorry. The people that are giving a shit all of a sudden, they're like, oh my God, my queen. Really? Really? Because I never heard that from you before. Like yeah. no one gave a shit before. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden everyone's giving a shit. Yeah. 
I was talking to Michelle today and we, I was like, you know, it's pissing me off that these people are doing what they're doing. And I was like, this whole thing is so stupid. I'm actually annoyed with people that are sad she's gone. Like, what the actual fuck? Are you choosing to ignore everything that actually happened? Or are you just oblivious? <laughs> because that's what I think it is. Like and willfully people, oblivious. Yep. Uh, are just ignoring. Like, they know, but they're ignoring it. Or yeah. they actually really don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what it is. Definitely. And I have actually seen people on social media be like, oh, I didn't know that. Mm. I've had several people be yeah. like, I didn't know that yeah. type of thing. And I'm like, well, I yeah. I appreciate that. Like, yeah. And I, yeah, I appreciate people saying like, I didn't know. And it's like, okay, now you know. Yeah. Now you need to make the right decision. Yeah. I'm sorry, but in these situations, pick a side. Which side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on the side of being an ally or are you going to be on the side of the oppressor? Mm -hmm. And that says a lot about people's character. Yeah. You know, it's like Trump voters and stuff. It's not a matter of, I fucking hate it when people say like, we can have a difference of opinions of politics and still be friends. And it's like, no, not when it is like completely immoral. Yeah. That's when it's not okay. Oh, that rule doesn't apply to immoral politicians and like yeah. political views or transphobia, homophobia, yeah. sexism. Yeah. That does not fucking apply. It doesn't. So I read, was it yesterday or two days ago or whatever? So remember uh, Roe versus Wade? Yeah. Now they're going to have it across the country. What? Wait, Canada too? No, no, no. US. Okay. I was... But it was just like. No, fuck no. If, I don't think it'll come here. I think Canada is smarter than... Oh, it's already been said from Justin Trudeau and I think a few other politicians that they will never, ever in a billion fucking years yeah. allow abortion to mean. become illegal in Canada. That's what I mean. Yeah. So it's not going to happen here, but it was just a matter of time because before it was, you know, like, yeah. well, you can make your own decision, but I read something the other day where it's like, oh yeah, no, no, they're making it American all wide. of... Yeah, America-wide. And I was like... It was a matter of time. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, and it didn't actually take that long. <laughs> no, it did not take that long. Not at all. I read the other day that because there are so many things that fall under the category of abortion that have nothing to fucking do with abortion, mm -hmm. but things that aren't even necessarily, or sorry, something that may be used in an abortion, mm -hmm. but doesn't actually pertain to it in that moment, yeah. is now no longer able to be used in situations where it's needed. For example, yeah. something as simple as this. Mm -hmm. A woman who needs to have an IUD inserted into her uterus yeah. can no longer have the cervix softener. <gasps> Are you fucking... Why? Because it's used during an abortion. Oh, shit. Okay. So now it can't be used to have a, for a woman to have an IUD somewhat comfortably pushed into the it, uterus. I was going to say, even with the softener, it hurts. Like it hurts like I've a motherfucker. Heard it, yeah, I've heard it hurts like a motherfucker. Oh, I've yeah. had a few. Uh, yeah. Well, I actually still have one in, but like they, it hurts. Yeah, I've never had one, but I've heard with horror stories. the softener. Yeah. I can't even imagine without. Well, be grateful that you're in Canada. Oh, no, I am. Yeah. I would I know. never. I know. Fucking move to the States. It's unbelievable. I read that the other day. I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. C-sections. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mothers can't have C-sections in the United States. But they're the greatest country in the world. But they're the greatest country in the world. You know how many mothers and babies are going to die now because they need an emergency cesarean? Yep. Cecily and I, we yep. would have been dead. Both oh, I know. of us, we would have died. I know. Yep. And then possibly Felicity and I as well. I think of people who I know in my life who are pro-life and completely 100,000% anti-abortion yeah. who have had cesareans. I know. It's funny how they pick and choose right? what is okay and what's not okay. Hashtag give me a fucking break. My last thing I'm going to say towards the general public, the mm -hmm. response towards other people's response about the queen's death. Mm-hmm. 
you guys need to listen to this. There are two sides to every story. Not everybody goes through the same shit that other people go through. Not everybody's going to have the same reaction about someone dying. The other day on Global News, and I was so proud of Global News for doing this, they shared how people like First Nations people, people from Trinidad, and then in other places as well, who were ruled under colonialism, Mm -hmm. have sour feelings about this. And it being such a, like, oh my god, the queen is dead. Because people were oppressed. People were stripped of their culture. People had genocide throughout their their people, like, throughout their tribes and everything like that. They had to live horrible lives. And the queen had a physical hand in this. She led children to residential schools. She had a hand in taking children away from their mothers, from their grandmothers, from yep. their great-grandmothers. And... Global News covered that because of all of this, there are people who have mixed emotions about the Queen's death. Yep. The response was just as I suspected it to be. They're so predictable, it's disappointing. All of them were like, can this stuff just wait until we're done mourning? She's not even in the ground yet. And it's like, no, it can't wait. No. Because this is literally saying that not everybody views the death the same way that you do. Yeah. And it deserves to be brought to light at the same time because people who are dealing with this deserve a place at the fucking table totally they deserve the space to say just as much as the white person who is in mourning of her Mm -hmm. for no reason the aboriginal person who had to live in a residential school because of her colonialism has just as much right to say this is this is not something to be mourning are those like we're not okay with this yeah and those families that uh lost their children and their bones are it's a fucking graveyard in some of these schools these catholic schools Oh, all of them it's a it's a graveyard with yeah. these bones from these aboriginal children that went to these schools and all of a sudden they just went missing yeah and when did that start coming out was it two years ago i can't even remember now or was, it was last year like 2021 it, it was no it was like 2018 2019 Oh, shit. To get exposed. Was it that long ago? Holy yeah. fuck. Well, everyone should know. <laughs> My perception of time is horrible. So, but yes, like that started coming out. Like what happened? What What about that? All of a sudden, everyone's forgetting that? People have been forgetting about that for like over a year. It's just so fucking annoying. Yeah. It, it frustrates me that people, specifically Caucasian people, have the fucking audacity to say like, oh, you guys being upset about this, this can wait. You need to wait for us to mourn. <laughs> like, excuse me. Like, Holy fucking shit. Yeah. Get off your soapbox. You're not the only person in the world. And yeah. check your fucking privilege. Yep. Oh, <sighs> okay, I know. I'm done. I'm done. I'm too. done. I knew it was going to be <sighs> way longer conversation than I wanted it to be because it's so frustrating. But I wanted to talk about one more thing that's super fucking funny. And then I'm done shit chatting. Unless you haven't, like, um, for me. But if you have anything else to say, obviously. So when I was leaving the house, Cecily asked me when she could get her ears pierced. I was like, oh, yeah, honey, we'll Mm -hmm. do that right away. Like, we'll do it for your birthday coming up. And and then some. And then some. Yeah. Like, we already plan on, like, spoiling her a bit this birthday. So, like, we want to take her out to a movie and maybe take her out for dinner. And, yeah, we'll get her ears pierced, you know, like, maybe the day before her birthday or something. Yeah. So, yeah, we were talking about this. And then, and then... Okay, so I was getting ready to leave to come to your house. And so this was tonight. Yeah. Jamie's sitting at the dining room table, just sitting there while, you know, like I'm getting ready to go. And Cecily's talking to me. She turns to Jamie and she's like, Daddy, 
how much does it hurt to get your ears pierced? <laughs> and I look up at her and I'm like, why are you asking him? He doesn't I mean, have his ears pierced. He doesn't have any piercings. Yeah. And then even Jamie was like, yeah, why are you asking me? <laughs> and then, and then Cecily was kind of just like, hee hee, you know, just yeah. being like silly. Her silly self. Yeah. And I was like, Cecily, look at your mother's face. Yeah. Yeah. And then I stuck my tongue out too. And I'm like, look at my face. You have three piercings that I can see right now on your face without looking at your tongue. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I mean, she sees mine all the time too. And she's always asking about yeah. them. Right. Yeah, so it's funny that she wouldn't ask the one I person know. that doesn't have piercing. No, one single piercing. That'd be like asking somebody who doesn't have a tattoo. Does it hurt? Yeah. Meanwhile, there's somebody beside you who has a tattoo, and it's like, um, hi. Yeah. I have no idea, but yeah. I would imagine it does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, it just blew me away. And I was like, dude. And I, like, I have 10 piercings in mm -hmm. total. 10. I think I have 16. Have 16, yeah. 16 piercings, yeah. Yeah. For now for now <laughs> yeah right same exactly same 10 for now um but yeah so it just cracked me the hell up that she turned to her dad to ask him how much it hurts it's kind of funny what is happening right now <laughs> yeah honey like, i don't know if you know how piercings work <laughs> right yeah like have you seen your mother's face right right yeah i think my face is fairly heavily pierced yeah like She's been very curious. She's asked me about mine. She, uh, she keeps telling me she wants to be tattooed like I am. Yeah. Yeah. She said yeah. it a few times. I'm like, honey, nope. Yeah. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. You just got to save money. It yeah. costs money. It costs big money. <laughs> big money. Yeah. But yeah. So for her birthday, I think that'd be great. Obviously take her to a tattoo oh, shop. I know sure. you will. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, don't yeah. do the like the oh, gun. Oh God, no. no. Fuck that. No. Fuck no. Most kids that get their ears pierced at a tattoo shop are like, oh, Oh shit that, mm -hmm. that was it it's it's great and the gun is like like the sound that comes from it yeah, startles it, like, the kids it more crushes yeah it but crushes it, your ear but the sound of it startles the kids more than the actual yeah piercing because it's loud yeah it is loud and i was talking to her about her birthday as well so josh is gonna put her on his plan for her switch oh, okay because the one i bought her last year's coming up for her birthday right so he's putting her on so she'll have access to more games because we're going to completely create a new profile. I'm so annoyed because when I created her profile, I did it as a kid. And then all of a sudden, the games she was playing on my Switch, she can't access there, even though I fucking paid for it. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of games that she can't play because they're not appropriate for her age. Like fucking Mario Kart. Oh, wow. Like, how is that not appropriate for her? But whatever. Anyway, so once that one's done, that's his birthday gift to her. Yeah. And I told her I would buy her a game or two, depending on the game. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh my God, I want this game. I want this game. I want this game. And I was yeah. like, do you know how much these games cost? And I started showing her prices. And a lot of them are like $80, $90. Yeah. And I was like, do you know how much money that is? And and I think she does. Because she was like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of money. So I'll buy. I, I was like, if you're a good girl, I'll buy you one or two. Depends on the game. Oh my goodness, Diana. No, that's <laughs> no. like $200. It, I Again, I told her, I said, if she's a good girl, but no. I'll buy her one or two. But it depends on the game too because like some of them are not that expensive right like so if she finds that expensive if she uh, there's one i know she wants and that one is 80 dollars. okay well we'll go in and out with you then if you choose to fine so it's either that or there's another one i know she would want that one's i think 40 dollars or something like that and then i could buy her something else 40 bucks is more than enough to spend on her. whatever so anyways Ugh, so i told her her rotten i know i know i spoil her but because i can because if i can't i won't right like when i can't i won't but i did tell her i would get her a game and i'm yeah. like i know it's not going to seem like anything because it's not like i'm physically giving you yeah. something i'm like but <laughs> it's costing money 
<laughs> You're getting a new game. Well, because she was like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Get a job. <laughs> yeah, get a job. Yeah, and, uh, but anyways, I think she realized, because I was showing her on the Switch um, the games, and then you, you can see the price, and she was like, whoa. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, so she'll get put on Josh's thing and that's his gift to her. And then I'll buy her a game or two, depending on the cost, of course, and what, what she wants. And yeah, she'll be set. But. That's very nice of both of you. You guys spoil her. I know. It's okay. My God. She's the, the, your girls are the daughters I never had. That's sweet. <laughs> that's so sweet. Right? So sweet. I love her. Love them, I should say. But yeah, so I mean, once Felicity obviously is old enough then she'll she'll get stuff like that too but for now it's just cecily <laughs> hey she can just you know reap the benefits right yeah it's like hand-me-downs mm -hmm. yep <laughs> so she'll be getting the hand-me-down shit from cecily, cecily potentially yeah but yeah no obviously she'll have her own stuff too like yeah it's not gonna just be hand-me-downs but anyway they're the girls i never had yeah yeah <laughs> okay so We've been blabbing for yeah. a while. You are going to get into your story first because mm. you ended last week and I want to fucking hear the end of the story. You know how hard it was for me not to look up the story? I bet. Because I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was hard for me not to look it up. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that because then I like this, the element of surprise, mm -hmm. right? So I want to hear the rest. Yeah. Okay. It's absolutely fucking bananas. All right. Yeah. All right. Story time. There so I'll go. give you guys a bit of a recap. So this is about the sadistic and batshit crazy woman named Michelle Nodick. She was born on April 15th, 1954 in Raymond, Washington. She had three daughters, Nikki, Sammy, and the youngest is Tori. And she was heavily abusive. She was sadistic and evil, even as a small child, which is really scary. And she learned horrible behavior from her grandmother growing up. She had several failed marriages because it, she was just literally so toxic and so manipulative, so abusive. She would torture people. She'd torture her siblings. She'd put glass in their shoes and then hide and watch them put their shoes on and she enjoyed watching the anguish in their faces. She was just sadistic. She's fucking crazy. Crazy bitch. Crazy bitch. She took in her nephew Shane and started torturing him and abusing him. Something worth noting, too, is that her her final husband, his name was Dave Nodick, he started out as her victim, and then he became her right-hand man in uh, abusing everyone else. Well, he figured, I might as well join. Pretty much. He right? Can't beat him, join him. Yeah, type pretty of thing, much. Right? Can't beat him, join him. That was his attitude. Yeah, he became an abuser as well. Michelle took in her friend, Kathy. Kathy was on hard times, and she needed a place to stay. Kathy was also Michelle's hairdresser, and they were really good friends. Kathy was described as an extremely amazing and loving person who would do anything to help anyone. And so I left off pretty much at the point uh, where I was going to explain to you guys what kind of abuse and torture Shelley put Kathy through. Mm -hmm. So I will reread the last half paragraph so you guys can kind of go off of something from you know, the last episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here goes. Of course, Michelle attempted to gain attention by telling people that Tori would be sick with this and that, and she even tried to smother her baby with a pillow. I know this story is so long-winded, guys. I'm sorry. Dave didn't want Kathy to move in, but Michelle insisted on it and that she needed help with the baby. Unsurprisingly, 
Michelle's torture on Kathy was amped up to a whole new level, which is hard to even imagine. All right, so, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Buckle the fuck up. Fuck yeah, I am. It started out with a mile of list chores. Nothing was good enough for Michelle. She isolated Kathy, wouldn't let her family speak to her, to the point that Kathy's family disowned her because of the lies told to them by Michelle. And they believed them. They turned on Kathy before they'd even spoken with her. And of course, in true narcissistic fashion, Michelle would gaslight Kathy and then began literally poisoning her, furthering her gaslighting. She had Kathy so drugged up on sleeping pills, she convinced her that she was eating all their food, sleepwalking, and Michelle even staged crumbs in Kathy's bed to further her psychological warfare in convincing Kathy that she was losing it. Holy crap. She believed it and was, Kathy believed it and was remorseful. And as per her track record, Michelle took it one step further by telling Kathy that she was sleepwalking naked and had gotten into bed with Shane and was making sexual advances on him. This bitch was relentless. She just never let up. You'd think that she would become exhausted with this abuse, but she thrived off of it and constant chaos. These poor victims idled at a level of anxiety of someone being hunted for sport because they basically were day in and day out. Shane was forced to back up Michelle's lies and it broke Kathy down even further. So Michelle would force Shane to go along with it. Yeah. She was horrified with herself and to Michelle, it gave Shane a false sense of power over Kathy hmm. that Michelle was puppeteering the entire time. Remember, she learned from the best. Yeah. Anna. As you can imagine, Kathy endured brutal beatings, stripping her of her personal items, starvation. Michelle stripped her of her identity and forced her to do chores naked. She forced everyone to do chores naked. Yeah, she. Uh, you said naked a lot in the like when you were explaining oh, really? the first time. Well, everyone was naked apparently. Yeah, she forced. Ev oh yeah, she'd make her daughters and Shane dance together. That's naked what I in mean. Yeah. yeah, or throwing the her in the fucking snow naked. Yeah. Like apparently, this bitch wants to see everyone naked. Yeah. Psycho. Anyway. She's sadistic and fucked. Yeah. She was also forced to sleep in the basement on the floor naked with no pillow, nothing. Just the same as Shane. Kathy's teeth began rotting. Michelle forced the kids to beat Kathy and torment her. Shane was forced to do the worst out of all the kids and Michelle played this a fucked up game, swooping in as the hero, saving Kathy from this abuse. So she forced the kids to beat her and yeah. Shane and then come running in like she was saving Kathy. Like this was some game to her. Even though she conducted all of this, this woman literally wrote the book on what it means to be a psychotic and narcissistic evil nutbag. Dave hasn't gotten much attention in a while. He joined in on this fuckery. Just when I think it can't get any worse, they outworst the worst. One night, Dave decided that Kathy needed extra and specific torture and punishment. Michelle and Dave forced her outside in the bitter cold while it was snowing. She was naked and Dave climbed to the top of a hill in the back of their yard. It was a decently big hill and had sharp rocks. Michelle forced Kathy to climb this hill completely naked and it was winter time. And when she reached the top where Dave was, he kicked her down the hill where Kathy became brutally hurt from all the rocks and physical trauma. Those fucking pieces of shit forced her to do that over and over all night long. Nikki, Sammy, and Shane were forced to watch this torture for hours. Shane said there was eventually a red stripe down the snow because Kathy was losing so much blood. Through all of this, Kathy's heart of absolute gold remained intact for the kids. She loved them and had all their best interests at heart. 
The kids were close with her and would try to comfort her. Kathy would stop them and tell them they couldn't because if their mom found out, they'd get beat 10 times worse. Nikki and Shane had it exceptionally bad, but Michelle favored Sammy and she had a reasonably normal school life. She had lots of friends, even a boyfriend, and had visitors over. What? Yeah. Kathy would get locked into the shed or somewhere in the house hidden away. Kathy was also forced to hide in the trunk, and while on vacation, Kathy was forced to sleep under the car with absolutely nothing. All the kids and Kathy had escaped on several occasions, but Michelle always found them. She always found a way to hunt them down and was known as a master hunter. She always brought them back and love bombed them to the fullest degree. Summer of 1992, Michelle is 38, Shane and Nikki are 17, Sammy is 14, and Tori is 3. It's been four years since Shane and Kathy have been held captive. The entire family moved, and she forced the kids and Kathy to renovate the entire house. And of course, in the most difficult ways possible, she gives them like tiniest little paintbrushes to paint the house. Of course. Oh, wow. It's like giving someone a toothbrush to, to wash the floor. Yeah. Oh, and I'm pretty sure she did make them do that. <laughs> Probably. Like oh, any, any way she could make someone's life miserable, she did it. Yeah. Any way possible. No happiness was no, allowed. No, no. Her abuse on Shane hit a whole new high or low, however you want to look at it. She forced him to sleep on concrete and strip naked in front of everyone. And Michelle put icy hot cream on his genitals. What the f- yeah. And he was like screaming. Of course. Oh my yeah. God. It's like putting fucking hot peppers in your penis. Yeah. I yeah. mean, not that I have a penis, but I can imagine what that would feel like. Well, just imagine it with your vag. Well, that's yeah, kind of what exactly. I'm picturing. Yeah. What the fuck? I know, it's fucked, man. Yikes. It's been said that Kathy was treated worse than a sadist's pet from Michelle. She began pouring bleach on Kathy when she was naked and into her open wounds while saying horrible things to her. She'd say, like, you're a filthy pig. This bleach will clean you up. It's been said that the gut-wrenching screams coming from Kathy were disturbing and beyond words. Michelle began feeding Kathy rotten food, but as if that's not bad enough, Michelle would blend it all up and force her to drink it. Rotten vegetables and extremely rancid meat. Kathy was forced to eat a cup of salt, and Michelle would not let her stop until she ate all of it. Do you imagine? No. Eating a cup of salt? I can't. Can you imagine no. how much that'd fuck up your mouth and your stomach? How dehydrated you'd become from all that salt? Oh, like you'd, fuck. You'd start shaking yeah. so hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. No, because like too much salt will make you really jittery. Totally. It could give you a fucking heart attack. Yeah, so eating a cup of it, like you'd be lucky if you, like, that could probably put you in the hospital. Where the fuck am I? In my office. No shit. <laughs> The trauma was so intense that Kathy would pass out in the middle of abuse. Her body was giving up on her. Michelle would force her awake, forcing her to endure every moment of it. Michelle and Dave would also waterboard Kathy, and Michelle would call Kathy a dirty, filthy pig, and again, pour bleach all over her. Now, at this point, Kathy had cuts all over her body and open wound, infected wounds. Michelle would still pour bleach all over her, and when Kathy would scream out in pain, Dave would duct tape her mouth shut. This reminds me of Junko Furuta being tortured literally to death. Yeah. Kathy was forced to sleep in an outhouse that was revolting and would be locked in there for sometimes days or months at a time. She had grown so weak 
and was starved so badly she lost over a hundred pounds and one day was drugged into the main house because she couldn't walk anymore and her balance was gone. She had no balance left. She fell through the glass in the shower and sustained life-threatening cuts from glass all over her body. At this point, Kathy had no teeth left. Jesus. They'd all rotted out of her face. Oh my God. And she had no hair. All her hair fell out. Fuck. Her brain was also failing her. One day while having the extremely rare privilege of sitting on the couch, Kathy was holding a very simple puzzle toy for a three-year-old and she had no idea what she was even holding or how to mentally process it. Poor thing. She oh was just like checked God. out. I don't even know how you, as a psychologist or a trauma therapist, you could even bring someone back from that. I would love to eventually have like a psychologist or psychiatrist on yeah. the podcast yeah. and run stuff like this by he or she right. and yeah. ask them like, is it ever possible to come back from something like this or are you just mentally done? All right, where the hell am I? In my office. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> yep. Apparently, mm -hmm. she studied it and looked as if she was mentally checked out, like when she was studying the puzzle. Yeah. In July of 1994, after six years of torture, Dave found Kathy choking on her own vomit in the laundry room after hearing gurgling noises. I'm sorry, did you say six years? Six years. At this point, she'd been there six years. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I heard yeah. that right. Six years. Okay. Yeah. Shockingly, Dave tried to save Kathy via CPR and pulling the vomit out of her mouth and nose, but it was far too late. Sweet Kathy succumbed to her injuries. It's Honestly, that's probably the best thing that happened to her in the last six years. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As horrible as that is. I know. It's very troubling to think that Kathy's family wasn't even aware of her death. And to think that Kathy died in such a needless and profoundly violent manner is just too much to bear. I wish I could say that Michelle was finally caught and that this was the end of the story, but oh no, this bitch is relentless. Michelle redirected her torture and rage back towards Shane and her paranoia hit an all-time high. Michelle kept telling Dave that they had to get rid of Shane. Like, she just constantly harassed Dave, like, we've got to get rid of him. Shane's going to tell on us. He's going to blow everything for us. And that, yeah, he was going to tell on Michelle and Dave for Kathy's murder. Even though Shane was literally locked up in the house and was never allowed out and had zero contact with anyone. Mm -hmm. Michelle, having such a long track record of accusing men of molesting her and raping her and molesting this person and that person, she fucking did it again. She falsely accused Shane of molesting her youngest daughter, Tori, and even went as far as trying to frame him. She was running around the house one day with blood-soaked underwear and was like, see what Shane's done? See what he's done? To who? Who was she fucking showing that to? She was probably waving <laughs> it around to, like, her daughters and stuff. No, I know, but, like, they obviously know better. Yeah, <laughs> like... they know. Oh, they know better, yeah. But I think Dave was there, too, because he flew into such a blind rage that he beat Shane within an inch of his life. I honestly believe that Michelle believes her own lies and somehow in her own fucked up brain convinced herself that her lies were true and justified. Although Shane wasn't saying anything to anyone at the time, Michelle had reason to worry about him because he had photo evidence of what happened to Kathy and he was getting more and more fed up with all the bullshit and abuse and was getting closer to blowing this whole thing up and exposing Michelle and Dave. Shane wanted to run away with Nikki and expose them to the police. Although Nikki wanted to and wanted Shane to expose them, she was terrified of her mother, and that level of fear is crippling. 
it's just like how female domestic abuse victims never leave or don't leave for a very, very long time or leave and go back several times back to their abuser because the fear is crippling. The fear is real. It's real. Unfortunately, Nikki did the worst thing imaginable, albeit understandable because she was so terrified and felt hopeless and a whole slew of other emotions and she was a child herself. Yeah. Nikki went to Michelle and told her Shane's plan. It's just too much. But it's I under I mean, much. I understand. I like understand the abuse too. that poor thing went through. Yeah, she was terrified. The the fear, yeah. Michelle went from unhinged to the step up from that, and there isn't even a word in the English language to name it. But she turned into the equivalent of a category five tornado that is madder than a dog shitting tax. Michelle tore their house apart looking for the photos and forced Dave to unleash holy hell on Shane. To which Dave agreed on a night in February of 1995, approximately seven years after Shane moved in with them. Dave murdered Shane with his rifle. Point blank. Shane didn't even stand a chance. He didn't even have a moment to react. Poor honey. Like, that's so sad. He turned around and Dave just Just blasted him. At least it was quick. Yeah, it was quick. That's the only blessing of this and that he was freed of this horror. And how horrible is that? But yeah, at least it was fucking quick. They didn't torture him while they were killing him. It was just done. Yeah, and honestly, I'm surprised that they didn't torture him to death. I know. That's why I'm slightly shocked. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, when I I first read the story, I was like, whoa. Yeah, I'm, I'm very shocked that they didn't make him pay yeah exactly <laughs> right? like fucking try and skin him alive or something yeah because i mean that... i wouldn't put a pastor no i wouldn't either no i wouldn't put that pastor at all so that was probably the best thing that happened to that poor kid in the seven years yeah. he was 19 he's been described as the happiest person he had a very silly happy-go-lucky personality the pictures of him he seemed very goofy as a kid and stuff mm-hmm. and just very happy had a lot of life in him mm-hmm It's just bullshit, man. My heart is just shattered for all these victims. Shane had a hard life and was disadvantaged from the get-go, with his father winding up in jail, and then he shipped off to a house of horrors, fueled by his deranged aunt and step-uncle. Combined with crippling fear to speak out, he didn't stand a chance, and it's just too much to bear. Shane was amazing, and he was so good to his cousins. He was so close with them. I mean, they all stayed together because they had to, and unfortunately his cousin went to her mom because of the fear and Kathy, the one yeah. that passed away. Like she was like, no, your m- mom can't know about this because then you'll get punished even worse. Yeah. They adored Kathy. She was only 36 when she died. That means that she was there when she was 30. So like basically mm-hmm. my age. Yep. I couldn't imagine going from my age, Diana to 36 being tortured and abused and tormented and humiliated to the point of literally just choking on my own vomit that is like the definition of just wasting away anyways it just gets worse so yeah shane was an amazing young man with dreams and aspirations and from what i've gathered he was oh my god i just repeated again he was a very amazing young man (laughs) apparently he was a very amazing young man yeah he was an incredible cousin to those girls almost like a big brother In order to continue her reprehensible rampage, Michelle and Dave burned Shane's body and threw his remains into the ocean. Same as what they did with Kathy. I wondered what they did with Yeah, I know. Yeah, hey. It's brought up a little bit later. Nikki was ridden with grief and guilt for throwing her cousin to the wolves. She knew that she sealed his death and that he was murdered. 
even though Michelle told her and her sisters that he ran away to Alaska and was never coming back again. She just knew it wasn't true. At 18, Nikki was finally able to break some chains and go to college. But of course, Michelle tried to make that as impossible for her as she possibly could. Nikki's the older one. Yeah, the oldest daughter. Oh, so she actually allowed yeah. her? Yeah, it's weird. She would eventually let them kind of go and do things, huh. which was super strange. And like, even through all this abuse, Sammy, the middle daughter, yeah. still had a social life. She had a boyfriend. She had yeah. people over. Yeah. I know it was really weird. Like, Michelle's behavior in terms of her abuse was very predictable with everyone. She was very sporadic with decisions that she would make mm -hmm. that could very likely blow her cover that she didn't take into consideration. And it was strange. I think that kind of just pinpoints just kind of how dumb serial killers are in certain ways. Oh, yeah, they are. Just really dumb, you know? At 18, Nikki was finally able to break some chains and go to college. But of course, Michelle tried to make that as impossible for her as she possibly could because she's a miserable sack of crap. She forced Nikki to attend college dirty and in dirty clothes. She cut Nikki off financially and took away transportation from her, making it virtually impossible for her to get to college. And eventually, she completely dropped out and was forced to return to her abusive home. Finally, Nikki snapped. The next time Michelle laid hands on her, Nikki screamed at her, you're not going to fuck with me anymore. And she started beating Michelle back. Good for her. Yeah. Fuck. She fucking snapped. Which shocked the shit out of Michelle, and she did the craziest thing ever and sent Nikki away to live with her aunt. Meanwhile, she's okay. terrified that she's going to have her cover blown, but send away an eyewitness to your abuse. Like, like she's so dumb. Yeah, she clearly is. Dumb, 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 dumb. Uh, Nikki's aunt was really nice, and uh, she treated Nikki really well. She confided in her and told her surface stuff about Michelle that she just said, like, she's mean to me. Don't send me back. Um, and Nikki never returned home. That was it. She was out. So was that her, uh, Michelle's sister? It didn't specify. So, yeah, Nikki never returned. And then, of course, Sammy became the focal point for abuse. Senior year of high school, she planned her escape like Sammy did. Mm -hmm. um, she hid out at her boyfriend's house for a couple of days and then hitchhiked to Laura's house, their grandmother. Mm-hmm. Lara did keep in touch with the girls, but it was at a great distance. And Michelle ensured that it was at a great distance. And that's her stepmother. So now Tori, she had the most normal life out of all of them because she was so little. So I'm sure you can guess what's going to happen next. And I can't even stomach it. Tori is now at this point 10 years old. And that's when Michelle started abusing her too. Same ways as, it did, as she did for everyone else. All of the torment, humiliation, everything started gradually until it ended up into a Category 5 tornado. I'm not getting into into them because they're horrifying beyond words. Um, there were some new ways she humiliated Tori, and it was to do with her starting to hit puberty. And she would humiliate her in atrocious ways. And if you want to find out, go look it up yourself, but I'm not getting into it. This point is where Michelle meets her final victim. His name was Ron Woodworth. He'd fallen on hard times and was described as a very kind and sweet man. He was in his mid-50s and was caring for his elderly mother after he had just lost his father. To which Michelle came swooping in and groomed him. Of course, the regular abuse, torture, and torment took place and it started gradually where, you know, like with Michelle, it would start with like a hit here, mm -hmm. a punch there, and then love bombing, yeah. whatever. And that's how it always started with her. And then ridiculous chores 
do the chores naked, abuse, and then it just got worse. Michelle also amped up all of this abuse for Ron as well. She'd force him to drink his own urine. She forced him to jump off the roof onto the gravel over and over again until he couldn't walk anymore. This went on for three years. Tori and Ron grew very close and Tori was old enough to know that what was going on was not okay and she wasn't going to tolerate it any longer. When Nikki went to the police, they had no evidence to collaborate her story and so there was nothing they could do, which is just beyond infuriating. They did nothing. Nikki and Sammy tried to move on with their lives and put everything behind them and they had no idea that Tori was being abused either, although I feel like they should have come to expect it. Yeah. But whatever. Mm -hmm. Michelle also mysteriously became the caregiver of an elderly war veteran named James... I'm probably going to butcher this. Matlintok? She manipulated him to change his will. Unsurprisingly enough, he was to leave his entire estate to Michelle. And ironically, a while after his new will was drawn up, James was rushed to the hospital. And upon arrival, he was pronounced dead. Of course. Right? Sounds about right. This has always been tied to Michelle, but was somehow never proven. Autopsy stated that he died of a blunt force trauma to his head, but it was ruled an accident. The Reality. hammer just, like, came out of the ceiling? Just came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. Chicken little, the fucking, fucking sky's falling. Yeah, totally. With hammers or whatever, decided to fucking smack him in the head and kill him. So yeah, it was ruled an accident. I seriously fucking cannot with this bitch. Neither can I. Michelle inherited his $140,000 estate. Of course she did. Right? Oh my god, that sounds so right. Totally. Totally. For, for this story, anyway. Yeah. At one point, Michelle dragged Tori into a doghouse that was full of dog shit, grabbed the hose, and soaked her in the dog kennel. So everything was flying around in there. She was getting dog shit in her mouth, in her face, all over her. Her mom just full blast the hose in there. Ron was failing just like Kathy did. His brain was checking out. His body was giving up. And Tori stated that he smelled like rotten flesh at the end. And after three years of everything, Ron died. His cause of death is unknown. One day, Michelle called Dave, told him that Ron is dead, and to come and help her. Tori doesn't know Ron's dead at this point. She thought that maybe he finally escaped. Michelle sent Tori away to stay with Sammy so that she could deal with Ron's body and have Tori out of the way. Because Michelle is stupid, she failed to realize that the three sisters would be reunited, join forces, and fuck her shit up. Finally. Yeah. Nikki and Sammy refused to let Tori go back to their mother. They decided to go to the police and refused to leave until someone heard them and believed them. The police finally did something. They called Michelle and told her that Tori was being taken under CPS and that an active investigation was being launched on her and Dave. Michelle was so stupid that she was in shock because she never thought her three daughters would turn on her. She thought she had so much control over them. She ordered Dave to go to the police station and just take the girls back. And he obeyed her and went to the police station. The moment he arrived, he was dragged into interrogation. And in no time, he cracked to everything. He was, sorry for the language, not sorry, a fucking pussy. Oh, totally. I understand it was either be the victim or, right? And yeah. that that's where he was. He was the victim and eventually he was like, well... Might as well join the, the fucking evil party or else I'm going to continue being the victim. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right. I get it. Though. Yeah. 
So I'm not that surprised that when he was finally away from her, he went, here you go. Yeah. Here's everything. I'm, I'm not that surprised. I just don't understand, though, that, like, why he wouldn't just t- turn her in sooner if he knew it was wrong. Uh, yes, 100%. But he's not thinking clear. It was like yeah, all her her other victims, they weren't there anymore. It was a shell. Yeah. So same psychological fucking yeah, bullshit. Totally. So I'm not saying it's okay. No, I know. I when, know. Like at all. I know. But I understand. And the fact that he cracked so quickly just shows that he literally was just doing whatever she said. And that was his way of surviving. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably why he survived so long or else he'd be dead. Now, finally, in 2003, they were arrested, but there was hardship when it came to evidence. The police had no bodies except for Ron's, but they couldn't prove what caused his death. Even though the girls had just told them in harrowing and explicit detail of what they, Ron, Shane, and Kathy had endured. And then Dave didn't want to help in the investigation anymore, so, oh well, right? Well, prosecutors were afraid they wouldn't have sufficient evidence and that the two would quite literally just get off. So they entered a plea deal that Dave was guilty of third degree murder of Shane and he only got 15 years. Oh, of course. He's out now. He got out in like 2018 or something. Oh yeah, Dave's roaming the streets. That's great. Yeah. And Michelle was convicted of second degree murder of Kathy and she only got 22 years. (laughs) Of course. Where's the conviction of child abuse, sadism, child neglect, torture? Like, can you can you believe that J- Dave is out of jail already? So that's he that's parole? it. Like, are you gonna talk about like other stuff that they're convicted for? This is it. That's it. Oh that's all they're, shit! That's all they're con- convicted for is just third degree murder and second degree murder. They were convicted of child abuse, child neglect, torture. None of that shit. I wish you guys could see my face right now. Yeah, I know. It's just it's like. You, you get to a certain point in this story where you're like, I can't even try and understand this anymore because it's just a never-ending Category 5 tornado. There's not even words for how horrible this is. Michelle was eligible for parole at the beginning of 2022, but thank the darkness, she was denied. And her daughters were terrified. Of course! I, I seen an interview uh, last year of them, and they were talking about how their mother was up for parole for this year, and they were so fucking scared. Fuck, I gotta see that. They were I, I, so scared. Well, yeah, of course. They endured her yeah. violence for so fucking long. Mm-hmm. As adults now, I can see them still being fearful because... Oh, for sure. You know? For sure. That shit stays with you. Fuck yeah. That's so the type I am, of trauma that stays with you. I am so happy she got denied. Me too. Good. There's no way she wouldn't strike again either and torture another kind soul. Nope. And honestly, I would argue and say that it would be even worse if that's even possible because I'm sure Michelle now has over 20 years of pent up rage and truly believes she was wronged. It would be catastrophic if she was ever released to the public. Some people are just born bad absolutely no hope for them and they are pure fucking evil and that is michelle she is pure evil she is pure evil she is the definition of evil she was just born bad probably just should have never been born the three sisters came forward and reached out to a publisher to share their stories in 2019 and tell the world just how evil their mother is the three sisters are very successful and both nikki and sammy have families of their own and tori is in her early 30s independent and thriving 
All three of them are extremely close and have a bond like no other. While writing this, I found myself sitting here in my chair at my desk and just trying to wrap my brain around the sort of behavior and tried to put myself in their shoes. I kept wondering what happened to Michelle to make her so sadistic and fucked up? How is this even real? The more I tried to figure this one out and think through how these malicious tortures would go, I swear my brain would just tell me, uh, no, we cannot process this or imagine how it feels, so stop trying. Which really speaks volumes towards the gravity of these types of situations on so many levels. My heart breaks for everyone innocent that was at the merciless, evil hands of Michelle. Deepest condolences regarding the death of both Shane and Kathy and Ron. It's unimaginable and gut-wrenching. Three amazing humans, senselessly tortured and beat to death. I fucking hate it. I hope the sisters have all become very well acquainted with healing. Yeah. Tori, Nikki, and Sammy, you deserve healing and to feel safety. And as for Michelle and Dave... Fuck you. Yep. I hope she rots in solitary confinement for the rest of her life. Yep. She literally deserves nothing. Personally, I don't think she even deserves to be alive, and it's too bad that she's a financial drain on taxpayers' dollars and is wasting oxygen as we speak, but she deserves solitary confinement for the rest of her life. I hope she dies lonely. Those so are my I. last words, bruh. Okay. I thought you were done before, and that's why I was talking so much. That's fair. I now, you're, now you're done. I'm done. Okay. I honestly thought you were done before, and then when you kept talking, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. Whoops. It was kind of just my closing statement. <laughs> okay. 19 fucking pages. Yeah. Well, um... <gasps> that was harrowing. I am oh. so happy those girls have their own lives now. Me too. I am sure they still have to go to therapy oh, and fuck, yeah. all that shit. They probably will for the rest of their lives. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm so grateful that they were able to survive. Survive and overcome this bullshit. And this woman, you know, and it has nothing to do with her parents. And I, lo I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's all the parents. No, some people are just fucking broken. Yeah, some people are just born evil. Yeah. Yes, parents can mold their kids. For and sure. they can show For them sure. the way, blah, blah, blah. But some people, you just can't. Some people are already just there. Yes. They're already just bad. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm going to tell you guys my story. Lay it on us. Yep. So my sources are Wikipedia, criminalminds.com, ABC News, and Murderpedia. Triggers are child abuse, rape, murder, animal abuse. My story is about Keith Jesperson, a.k.a. the Happy Face Killer. Keith was born on April 6th of 1955 in Chilliwack, B.C. Oh, no shit. Yep. Smellowack. Smellowack, B.C. <laughs> if you live in B.C. and travel that way, you know what we're talking about. Oh, it's rude. Smellowack. It is fucking rude. Oh, yeah. yeah, you have to have your windows closed. Not just that. You need to make sure you know how you can, like, close, close the vents. Vent. Yeah, so... Do not let it in. Oh, no. Oh no. It's bad. <laughs> it is so bad. You Definitely feel you feel like you're eating shit yep. while you're driving past the town. And breathing it in at the same time. Well, like yes, that's what I mean. You feel particles. like you're fucking eating it yeah. and everything while you're driving through it. And yeah. it's not that far to drive through it, but it lingers. There's some fucking serious hang time. So <laughs> Chilliwack is smellowack. <laughs> 
So maybe that's why he's so fucked up. Anyway, <laughs> so he was born there. He had four siblings. Uh, so he had two sisters and two brothers. His father was an aggressive alcoholic and his grandfather was super violent. His father denied being abusive towards Keith and his other kids, but there was enough evidence that he was. So he was a lying sack of shit. Keith was a lonely kid as his family treated him like an outcast and he got picked on for his size. The family moved to Sela, Washington, and he continued having trouble fitting in and making friends. I keep reading that he was a large kid and in his adult years, he was six foot eight. What? Yup. So I can only imagine how big he was as a kid. He's probably like 5'11". His brothers were little pricks and made fun of him, giving him the nickname of Igor oh. or Ig, for short. Because kids are dicks. Fucking assholes. Yeah. No, they yeah. really are. Kids are not nice. No, they're not at all. Kids are mean. Kids are mean. So, he played alone and was described as a shy boy. He did get in trouble a lot for behaving poorly and was at times violent. This didn't sit well with his dad, so... How do you fix that? He severely beat him with a of belt. Of course. With a belt in front of people. And at one point, he fucking used electric shock as a punishment. When he was five years old, he showed signs of psychopathy. He would capture and torture different animals. He also liked to watch animals killing each other. He got a high from watching these animals kill themselves. He lived in a trailer park with his family when he was an older child and continued to torture and kill animals. He would find birds, stray cats, dogs in the trailer park, and he would beat them and strangle them to death. Apparently his father was very proud of this behavior. Two very fucking demented people. Keith said at some point that he often wondered what it would be like to torture and take a human's life. His desire grew stronger and he eventually tried but failed <laughs> in two attempted murders. From a very young age, by the way, his first attempt was when he was 10 years old. What? Yep. Wow. With a friend and his name was Martin. So the two of them apparently would get into trouble a lot together, mm -hmm. but Martin would throw Keith under the bus and blame him for everything. So Keith got in trouble. Yeah. Instead of this Martin friend. So nice friend. Yeah. Right. Fuck you, Martin. If you're still alive, I'm sure you added to the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. Totally. Like, yeah. So Keith ha had enough and attacked Martin and was beating him to a pulp, but his dad pulled him off of him. He later admits that his goal was to fucking kill him. Wow. After a year, Keith was swimming with another boy who decided to hold Keith underwater and Keith blacked out. Yeah. And for everyone that does that, fuck you. I have a fear of water because someone held me underwater, not on purpose. I was a kid and they were kids too. But it's not okay. Oh, I mean, well, duh, these guys were kids too. It's not okay. 
don't hold people underwater. No. It's not fun. It's not funny. I know you're laughing about it, but like, it's not, it's not okay. And why are you laughing about it? Uh, yeah. You fucking psychopath. Like you psychopath. it's not okay. No. So I have a, a severe fear of water because someone jokingly <laughs> held me underwater. Yeah, I don't understand how that can even be a joke in some people's minds. Yeah. You do not fuck around with water. No. And to do something like that to someone is like, that's some troubling behavior. Yep. So. I agree. Yeah. So for anyone that does that, not funny, fuck you. Get some help. Get some help. At a later point, Keith and the same boy were in a public pool and Keith decided to hold him underwater, but there was a lifeguard, so he pulled him off the kid. So that was his second attempt of yeah. murder. When Keith was 14, he claimed that he was raped, but there was never enough evidence and it wasn't confirmed. His childhood was horrendous, so I am not dismissing that claim. Mm -hmm. Just because there was no evidence doesn't, doesn't mean it, it didn't fucking happen. Yeah. So I'm inclined to believe him. Yeah. Keith graduated from high school in 1973. His father said that he was a complete idiot and told him that he would never amount to anything and would not have the capacity to go to college or any post-secondary program, so he didn't. Wow. I mean, when you're beat down that much, yeah. Yeah. like, you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's the truth, right? Yeah, I'm just worthless. Yeah. So sad. Yep. So in 1975, when he was 20 years old, he married a girl named Rose Huck, he was never good with like girls in high school and stuff. Again, he was the shy kid. So this yeah. was his first real relationship. Girlfriend. Yeah. And then boom, we're married. Yikes. Right? Yeah. Yikes. Right. Yeah. Again, 20 years old. Anyway, they had three kids, a girl and two boys. To support his big family, he worked as a truck driver. Several years later, his wife started to suspect that he was cheating on her when there were strange women calling the house for him. Yeah. This was the downfall of their marriage. So after 14 years, they were married for 14 years. Wow. She was done. So I'm actually surprised it lasted, lasted that long. Me too. Yep. While he was at work, she took the kids, all of their possessions, and moved to Spokane, Washington to live with her parents. So that's roughly about 320 kilometers away from where they were living. Okay. I'm not doing miles. Sorry, Americans. We're in Canada. So. Look it up. Yeah, you 320 it. kilometers. Look it up. Our way makes more sense anyways. David, look it up. That's right. I'm calling you out. <laughs> Andrew, look it up. Oh, you too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you too. Uh-huh. They better listen and they better comment. <laughs> right? Kira, look it up. Oh, and you too. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of you. Anyway, there's a bunch of you. All of you. We can't name you all, but. Look those, it up. Yeah. Those people. Look it up. 320 kilometers away. What is that in miles? Email us. Anyway. <laughs> so their oldest child was 10 at the time. Her name was Melissa. Even though they were far apart, he would visit and spend time with his kids when he was in town. Yeah. So he did love his kids. His divorce to Rose was finalized in 1990. When he was 35, he weighed approximately 255 pounds and was six foot eight. Wow. Yeah. He had a dream and set a goal to join the RCMP. He was working towards that goal of joining the force when he was injured in training and he had to drop out. He relocated to 
Cheney, Washington, and started driving trucks again. With a driving job, that gave him the opportunity to kill and never be suspected. On January 21st of 1990, Keith met Tanya Bennett near Portland, Oregon at a bar and invited her to his home. They got into a fight and he strangled her to death with his bare hands. Her body was found days later and remained unsolved until, here's a weird twist, 58-year-old Laverne Pavlinek saw the news about Tanya and decided this was a good opportunity to end her abusive relationship with her 39-year-old boyfriend, John Sosnovsk. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So she's 58, he's 39. He's an abusive piece of shit. And this was apparently her only way out. So she met with the police and provided them with a false confession, saying that her boyfriend killed Tanya with her help. Without getting into that whole story, because honestly, it's a whole other fucking story and I'm not getting into it. They were both convicted of Tanya's murder on February 8th of 1991. John was sentenced to life in prison and Laverne was sentenced to 10 years in prison, which was way more than she expected. She just assumed that she would get a lesser term, like she was hoping for a year or two. Nice. So after she got her 10 year sentence, she admitted that she made up the whole story. They ignored her. Her uh, plan backfired. Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of your own actions. Right? If you feel the only way out is to admit to murder that you didn't commit and your partner to just end that relationship is fucking nuts. Yep. Like, holy shit. Yep. <laughs> but that was, that was, that was her. Anyway. Because of all the attention on Laverne and John, Keith decided to write a confession on a bathroom wall at a truck stop and signed it with a smiley face. He still wasn't getting the attention he wanted when they found this confession, so he started writing letters to the media and the police, confessing his murders and signing each letter with a smiley face. So, a journalist coined him the Happy Face Killer. On August 30th of 1992, they found the body of his second victim, a Jane Doe, near Blythe, California. He raped and strangled her, referring to her as Claudia. A month later, they found the body of a, his third victim, Cynthia Lynn Rose, in Turlock, California. Keith said that she was a sex worker that let herself into his truck while he was sleeping. They had sex and then he murdered her. In November of 1992, they found the body of his fourth victim in Salem, Oregon. She was a sex worker named Lori Ann Pentland. Keith said that she tried to charge him double for sex after the deed was done and threatened to call the police if he didn't pay. So he strangled her to death. In June of 1993, he killed his fifth victim. She was originally unidentified, but was later identified as 45-year-old Patricia Skipple. He called her Carla or Cindy. Her death was originally considered a drug overdose, but obviously they figured out that wasn't the case. In September of 1994, they found another unidentified woman in Crestview, Florida, and he referred to her as Susan. In 1995, he gave a woman named Angela Surbreeze, 
and I'm so sorry if I'm butchering these names, a lift from Spokane. They got into a fight along the trip, so Keith raped and strangled her. Then he tied her to the undercarriage of his truck and dragged her face down. Oh my god! Along the highway. What the fuck? Just Casca in case. the fuck. Right? On March 30th of 1995, Keith was arrested for the murder of his girlfriend, Julie Winningham. He murdered her because he thought she was only with him for his money. The police questioned him a week before his arrest, but they had no grounds to arrest him as he refused to talk. He tried to commit suicide twice, but eventually just turned himself in later that week because he just assumed they would figure it out and eventually arrest him. He gave himself up with the hopes that they would lessen his sentence and charges and all that. While he was in police custody, he offered details of his killings, but recanted everything he said. A few days before his arrest, Keith wrote a letter to his brother where he confessed that he killed eight people over a five-year period. With this confession, the police in a number of states reopened old cases because, again, this was not in the same place because he was a truck driver so it was across yeah. a number of states so they reopened those old cases and many of them were uh possible victims at one point he had claimed to kill about 185 people whoa but only eight women that were murdered had been confirmed victims wow so in September of uh, 2009, he was convicted of murder charges and is serving three consecutive life sentences at the Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem. In January of 2010, he was convicted of another murder and was given a fourth life sentence. So nice. this, he's not getting out. Never. At all. No. On January 7th of 1996, after five years that Laverne convicted herself and her boyfriend john they were released after keith and his lawyer gave his confession and told them where they could find tanya's purse he took the purse away from the crime scene and hid it so when they found it they realized that the only person that would know where it was is the actual killer in november of 2008 his daughter melissa went on to appear on a bunch of tv shows like dr phil oprah Lifetime Movies, and 2020. She wrote and published a book in uh, 2008 titled Shattered Silence. She talks about how she witnessed her dad murdering kittens and other animals. And there was more details and I chose to stop reading them because I could not handle. She eventually started a podcast in June of 2021 called Life After Happy Face and hosts it with forensic criminologist Laura Petler. I want to listen to it. I actually haven't, so I'm curious to hear it. But he's still alive and in prison. Yeah. Do you know how old he is? He is 67, and he will rot there. Good. Good. That's what he deserves. Good for him. <laughs> I, was, I know that's yeah, what you were going to say. I was going to say good for him. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, good yeah. for him. But yeah, no, his, his daughter... At first, I was like, oh, she's totally milking this. <laughs> she was on a bunch of whatever. But, like, I get it. Like, watching her father fucking kill innocent animals yeah that's he was good to his kids i'll give him that he was really good to his kids yeah never abused them whatever As, like with everything he went through never did it to his kids but his oldest child melissa witnessed 
some of his abuse towards animals and I mean I can't can only imagine how horrifying that is as yeah. a child yeah uh, so yeah no she's been on a bunch and I didn't even list all the stuff that she's been on like on TV but yeah I'm actually really curious to listen to her podcast totally so I wanna I wanna kind of hear what she has to say and I can't even I can't even imagine having to relate right to someone like that like that's my biological father yeah yay anyway he kills animals for fun and well people yeah and people <laughs> like yeah i mean uh, obviously she learned that later in life because he did it later in life but yeah. yeah i know the tendencies and shit were there he tried and he just stuck to small animals and shit which is not okay no that's it that's my story very well done thank you yes so we're gonna end this because chantal's falling asleep yes uh so please visit us at our social media mm -hmm. everything is my ride or die podcast except for twitter because twitter has to be special twitter is my ride or die pod and that's that <laughs> That's that, guys. Good night, folks. Crazy episode. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the rest of Chantal's story. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I hope you guys did too, for sure. Yeah, and I hope you enjoyed my story. I made it yep. short, but it was still, like... It was nuts. Nuts. Yeah, it was crazy. And we will see you next week for episode 17. Episode 17. Good night, bitches. Bye. Bye.